watching by video this morning. Everybody in the North Attleboro campus, let's welcome them in. Good to have you with us, Easton. We love you. Bless you. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're talking about the spirit of encouragement. That's the title of this message, the spirit of encouragement. Now, we have taken off the verses from the screens. While I read, you're just going to see the references. You're not going to see the verses. Why? Because I want you to bring your Bible to church. I, I want you to bring your Bible to church, and I want you to bring, or I want you to bring your smartphone to church. And in the smartphone, all you need to do is two things. Open up your Bible app. If you don't have it, get it from lifechurch.tv now at the App Store or Marketplace. And uh, if you have that smartphone out, make sure that you just mute it. So that's, that, that's it. Just mute it and get it loaded up on your smartphone. And let's go to John chapter 14 and let's read together from the scriptures. Verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, verse 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Somebody say counselor. He will give you another counselor to be with you, and here's the best part, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, the Holy Spirit. You know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. Skip down to verse 25. All this I have spoken to you while I was still with you. But the counselor, somebody say counselor, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with, leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. How many are glad about that? Amen. God doesn't give as the world gives. He gives graciously and expectantly expressively do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid now skip two chapters later john chapter 16 a couple of verses there jesus giving us again the job description of the holy spirit in our lives verse 12 i have much more to say to you more than you can now bear but when he there's the title of our series. When he, because the Holy Spirit is not some kind of ethereal mist in our midst, the Holy Spirit is a person. When he, the person of the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you, listen to this, he will tell you of things yet to come. How many like that promise? How many wish they could just know a little bit about what's coming up in their future? That's what the Bible says the Holy Spirit's job is. And he will gl bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. As we continue this series on the Holy Spirit, I want to recap last week. First off, the Holy Spirit convinces us or convicts us of three things. Number one, he convinces the, the unbeliever that they need Christ. The Holy Spirit is what challenges people to come to Christ. At some point in your life, hopefully that happened to you, and you knew you were a sinner, and you knew you needed Christ's forgiveness and salvation. Number two, the Holy Spirit convinces the believer of their right standing with God. So you have right standing with God, and you have that by faith through Jesus, and the way that you know that when you struggle with doubts and you struggle with um, 
uh, you know, insecurities and you're not sure if you're standing before God, the way that you know that's to be true is that the Holy Spirit is there bearing witness in your life, in your mind, telling you you are right with God, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus did. And the Holy Spirit, number three, convinces the church and this is my favorite, it convinces the church, or he convinces the church that our enemy, Satan, and every demon of hell is defeated. Amen. He is defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ. You are a victorious person as long as you understand that and remember that the only thing the devil can do is lie to you. No power over you. And you need to remember that to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled, listen, with confidence with absolute assurance that you are God's child and you are not going to be defeated and you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you and God has a great and awesome call on your life and your life is going to be sustained through the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we continue this series and we go from convicts to the word counsel. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. Now this word counsel, it comes from the Greek Parakletos, parakletos, and I know I've been talking a lot about the Greek in this series, and, and sometimes our eyes glaze over when I talk about the Greek. Don't let that happen. Listen, you need to know this. Your Bible was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew in the Old Testament mostly, a little bit of Aramaic, and it was written in Greek. And sometimes the words in Greek in the New Testament do not adequately translate into one word in the, new, in the English. And this is especially true when it comes to the descriptive term that, God, that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, parakletos. One commentator said, and, and listen to this, one commentator said, it is impossible to find one English word that encompasses the reality of the parakletos. That's why no matter what translation you read from today, if you read from the King James, you got a different word than I did. You got comforter. The King James translates it comforter. The ESV translates him helper. The New Living Translation calls him the advocate. All from that word parakletos in the Greek. The NIV translates him counselor. And I found something interesting about this word counselor, parakletos in the Greek. It is very, very similar to the Greek word for encourager, paraklesis. And there are some translations that translate the counselor word into encourager, that he is the spirit that encourages the church. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, is our advocate, is our helper, is our confidant. But more than anything else, I want you to catch this this morning. The Holy Spirit exists to encourage you in your walk with Christ. How many of you need some encouragement? Don't you know that encouragement will sustain you? Encouragement will throw you further in life than anything else that you can get. We need to be a church, Waters, that encourages one another. The Bible says, do not forsake yourselves gathering together, but encourage one another even more as you see the day approaching. Here's the deal. These are discouraging times. You've probably seen how discouraging it is. It's discouraging economically. It's discouraging um, relationally for many people. It's discouraging uh, professionally. 
and it's discouraging just emotionally. Just people are down, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better any sooner outside of the world. And, and so we see joblessness on the rise. People are discouraged. Maybe you're here this morning. You came with a heavy heart. You're discouraged. I just found something interesting yesterday in the, in the, in the news, actually Friday, USA Today. An article reads, listen to this article, headline, Hallmark adds jobless cards to its sympathy line. <laughs> now this is very ironic because Hallmark over the last two years has cut thousands of jobs themselves. So I'm wondering if as the employees are going out the door, are they just, you know, we feel bad, sorry, just, just came up with this for you. I mean, one of the four by six cards that you can buy is a photo of a cat and it reads like this, is there anyone that I could hack up a hairball on for you, like say a former employer's head? And by the way, you can pick one of those uh, cards up in the bookstore after service. I'm just playing. People are discouraged. People are discouraged, it's discouraging times. But let me tell you something, these times are tailor-made for you to reconnect with your heaven-sent encourager the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. How can you be encouraged in discouraging times? You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can know that no matter what's going on in the world around you, that the one who is in you is there prom promoting you, blessing you, encouraging you, strengthening you, building you up in your faith, so that no matter what happens on the outside, you, you are full of positivity and you are full of a, a, a of a, a perspective of the world that it's not going to get worse you are God's child and God is going to take care of you all right so I want to give you three words three words about how the Holy Spirit encourages us and they all begin with the letter L so if you're taking notes the first word I want you to write down is this learning the Holy Spirit encourages us and Jesus says this by teaching us and you can only be taught when you have a teachable spirit you can't teach somebody who thinks they already know everything everybody with a teenager just nod you know what I'm talking about you can't teach anybody who thinks they have all the answers so your job as a person filled with the Holy Spirit is to have a teachable spirit your job is to say I don't know everything and so here's what Jesus says. I'm going to read it again in John 14. He says this. I will ask the Father, he'll give you another counselor. And then look what it says. He will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will guide you into all truth. What you need right now in these discouraging times is teaching. What you need right now for the Holy Spirit is, is somebody to come along and encourage you into, to, into learning. You say, well, what does, what does teaching have to do with encouragement? Or what does encouragement have to do with teaching? Everything. Everything. I, I read this incredibly interesting quote from a guy named Anatole France. He was the winner of the Nobel Prize of Literature in the 1890s, and he says these words. Listen to this. Education is nine-tenths encouragement. Education is nine-tenths. 90% of learning is, happens when we are encouraged. You think about that. That makes absolute sense. Think about a teenager or a child who is trying to learn stuff, and they are in an environment where there's encouragement. They're going to learn faster. Parents, encourage your kids. It's important. 
And, and then I think about kids who are not encouraged or they don't have a father or mother that's going to encourage them to learn and how they, they kind of just blow off school and they end up in all kinds of chaotic environments because they didn't have that, that home that encouraged them and built them up. And I think about this in our lives. We need, in order for us to learn, we need to know that somebody's going to be there to encourage us because sometimes we fail to learn things the first time around. DC Talk, a famous Christian band from the 1990s, used to have a song called, Some People Gotta Learn the Hard Way. Is there somebody in this room today, you just say, yeah, that's me. I always have to learn the hard way. You can't, and and what, what happens when we fail? We need encouragement. We don't need somebody to come and tell us when we fail, you failed. We need somebody to come and tell us it's okay. You made a mistake, you failed, but there's a chance to turn it around. Isn't that much better? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and reminds us it's, it's okay. I know, I know you're a failure. If I thought, it's like God saying to us, you know, if I thought that you weren't a failure, I wouldn't have sent Jesus to the cross. <laughs> That's why he went to the cross, because you are a failure. But listen, this is the truth, that even when you fail, God is going to pick you up, dust you off, and set you back on the right path again. We have that in God the Father, God the Son, and especially in God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that good news? To just be encouraged. You say, I, I, I failed all week this week. Okay. Good news. Last week is last week. This week is this week. Turn it around. God's grace is new every morning. And you have a chance to turn it around. I heard about a New England college professor. Uh, I don't know the school, but when I tell you this, you're probably going to want to enroll your kids there. <laughs> there was a, 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 a professor in a New England college who would identify discouraged students, and he would give the discouraged student, he would see this student's just not working out well, he would actually give that student a grade higher than they earned on their, on their test. And then he would make sure that the rest of the students saw it, and he kind of praised them publicly. And he says, 10 times out of 10, that same student on the very next test would earn the grade that he had graciously given them the last time. That's how God works with you and me. Because we did not earn salvation. We did not earn the righteousness of God. God gave us that grade based on Jesus' performance, not ours. And now, when we realize that, the Bible says, let us live up to what we have already attained. We haven't attained it. Jesus attained it for us, and then he gave it to us. And so now we see that, and we want to please God, not because there's rules and we'll be punished if we don't obey the rules, but because we realize how gracious he was to us in the first place, and we love to please God. It's encouraging. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And then he leads us into all truth. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit does not just lead you in truth of Scripture. He leads us, Jesus says, into all truth. He teaches you about all things. Did you know the Holy Spirit can make you smarter? He can make you smarter. Some of you students right now, you're off to a bad start. Guess what? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You'll have a great educational year. The Holy Spirit, listen to this. God is an expert on every area of life. And some of you are struggling with something. You don't know how to handle it. Get in touch with the Holy Spirit. If you have a teachable heart, he will teach you about that. He will guide you. He will promote you into the truth so that you can become a powerful person of God. Listen to this too. God is not just going to fix your problems. God is not Mr. Fix-It. 
He's not just going to come in and send the Holy Spirit and say, okay, all problems wiped away, done, finished. Sometimes God lets the Holy Spirit just lead you into that, that it leads you through that problem, leads you through that difficulty, leads you through that trial so that you can learn. He's not there to wipe away all your problems. I say this because many of us have, in our minds, set up this illusion that after we get out of this phase of our lives, then we'll be happy. And we do this almost throughout our entire lives. When we were in middle school, what did we do? We looked up to the high schoolers and we said, oh, when I'm a high schooler, then it'll be cool. And, and what happens? We get to be high schoolers and we look up and we say, oh, high school is kind of a drag. When I'm in college, then, then I'll be happy and I'm out of my parents' house and, and I'm out from the roof of my parents. I'll be happy. And then what happens? We get into college and we're happy for a little bit, but then we realize, oh, college is kind of boring and harder and tougher and the grades are a lot stringent, more stringent. And so then we say, well, when I'm out of, when I'm out of college and I'm in the real world, then I'll be happy. All the college graduates, you know, you want to just teach those kids, just stay in college as long as you can, you know. And you get into the real world, and you're like, well, maybe now I'm lonely, and, and I think I need some, I think I need a family, so we get married, then I'll be happy. We always have this idea that, that something next, the next season's going to make us happy. And then when we're married, we say, oh, we need kids to be happy, so you have kids. Then, then not only are you not happy, you're not sleeping. No, you're happy. You're happy. But you're, you know, then you're like, oh, then is, and I've seen this now from my life too. Now, now you're like with the stage of kids. Oh, when, well, when they're in school, when they're out of school, well, when we finally marry them off and get them out of the house, then we'll be happy. I mean, look, you can't, what I'm saying is this. We do this. We do this all, every stage of life. You know what God's saying? Enjoy the ride. Stop thinking about what comes next. Because you're going to live your entire life always regretting that you didn't enjoy it when you were in it. And God's doing that with me right now. And I hope that you understand this. The Holy Spirit is trying to teach you right now in whatever area of your life you're in, relax and learn. God is teaching you right now in whatever area or situation of life that you're in how to become a better Christ follower through, in the midst of, that problem, that season of life, and that difficulty. Yeah, but God, but God, but God. No, 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 stop. Stop bargaining with God. Look, we do this all the time. God, if you will get me out of this gym, I promise you I will go to Waters Church every single Sunday. And if you're here today because of that bargain, well, I'm glad about that. But let me tell you something, it doesn't work. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. And he comes to encourage us in the journey. You say, well, I don't feel that. That's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.18, be filled. It's a command. Be filled with the Holy Spirit because you can't do what God wants you to do without the power that God has provided you to do it with. Secondly, the, le- the second word is, is, is listen. Listen. Here's what Jesus said. Uh, Jesus said in John 14.26, John 14, 26, but, but the counselor, or the parakletos, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will, and, and, and it's on the screen now, what's the next word? He will what? Remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus said, look, I've taught you guys a lot of things. You're probably going to forget them. 
And there's going to be times where you don't remember them. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. He comes and he reminds you of what Jesus said. By the way, this is how we got our New Testament. People always wonder, well, how did the disciples remember all these details? The Holy Spirit. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, guided by the Holy Spirit, realized that Jesus wasn't coming back in their lifetime. They needed to leave something behind for the church. And they sat down and they wrote out the, the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they did that by memory from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminded them of what Jesus said and did. Now, beyond just the apostles and the writers of the New Testament, this is a promise for you as a Christ follower. That when you are in a pinch and when you are in a jam, the Holy Spirit comes to remind you of what Jesus said. And there are times, if you're like me, there are times where you just need a, a quick reminder, a quick hit reminder of what Jesus said. Like, like, like when you're tempted to please everybody. Does anybody ever just get tempted? I want to please everybody. I just want everybody to like me. You know, the Holy Spirit reminds me of this fantastic verse in Luke where Jesus said, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For in the same way they spoke about the false prophets. Sometimes people don't need to hear what they want to hear. They need to hear what they don't want to hear. I tell you, I can't tell you how many times as a pastor that verse has come back to my mind. Wow, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminds me. Some of you need to be reminded, blessed are the poor in spirit. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. That's a great promise. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel poor in spirit. And the Bible reminds me, scriptures, the Holy Spirit reminds me of what Jesus said. That's not a bad place to be. That's a good place to be. How about this one? Blessed are those who mourn, for you will be comforted. That's a good promise. That's a great promise from the Word of God. How about this one? God works in all things for the good of those who, are, who love him and are called according to his purposes. I love that promise. How do I remember that? Through the Holy Spirit. Now, now, now here's, the, here's the only caveat with this one you got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. He can't remind you of something you never heard before. Like, like maybe you were that kind of student in high school, and you, didn't, you blew off studying because studying is stupid, so you went and did your own thing, and then the test came, and the teacher plopped it on your desk, and you did because you were a Christian. You did one of these prayers. God, I know. I know I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't study, Lord. I actually just, I went to Burger King, and I really enjoyed it, Lord. Thank you for Burger King. But non nonetheless, I pray that in spite of my bad study habits, you, will, you know everything, so just give me the answers. <laughs> you ever pray that kind of a prayer? Look, you know what God says about that prayer? Mm-mm. Time for you to learn. <laughs> Time for you to learn a hard lesson. You got, listen about this. If you want God the Holy Spirit to remind you of the Scriptures, Guess what you need to do? You need to be in the scriptures. I, I, I say this as a concerned pastor. I, I'm concerned for the number of hours we spend in every other venture of life except for the holy word of God. You know, the average American family watches something like four hours of television a night. Four hours of television a night. Cut that thing off. I'm not saying that Watching television is a sin. That's not what I'm saying. I like television. There's some great shows, Cheryl and I, we love. But how do you feel 
after you watch four hours of television? How do you feel in regards to your relation, the most important relationship in your life, your relationship to Christ? How do you feel after those hours that you spend in front of the boob tube? Do you feel more engaged in Christ or less? Do you feel encouraged in your faith or do you feel less discouraged or more discouraged in your faith? Do, do, do you feel covetousness? Do you look on the television and just say, ah, oh, look at the sweet life? I mean, that's how that thing works. I was watching the news the other night, and, and, and I used to be a news junkie, and God saved me. He did. He, he had to save me from that. He delivered me from my addiction to Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN. I used to watch them all, and I used to get angry, and I used to get so frustrated about everything, all, all the problems in the world. How frustrating. Why can't they just get along in, in Congress? And why can't they just get along in Washington? Well, they're never going to get along, possibly. And I used to get so mad and so beat up in my spirit that I realized that this was doing nothing but taking me down. And God delivered me from it. Now, the other night, it was a funny thing. Cheryl and I are eating, eating um, dinner in front of the television, like some of you probably do. And we're trying to get out of that habit. We need to get out of that habit. And we're watching television, and, and uh, the news comes on. And it's Diane Sawyer. And it was, man, I'll tell you something. I don't know if you watch the news every night, but if you do, you need prayer. Because I watched for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And, and, and the, the news <laughs> was so troubling, man. I'll tell you, after, after 30 minutes, I wanted to slip my wrists. <laughs> I was like, oh, the world's ending tomorrow, you know. How do I know? Diane Sawyer said it. That's how I know. I mean, Pakistan might become a nuclear threat. Um, there was a man in Texas executed wrongly. Uh, the stock market had wiped out all of its gains from the last 12 months. And the economy, uh, all the economists are saying, looks like another double-dip recession. Man, I'll tell you, I needed Prozac. <laughs> I did. And then they had this expose about a new study that came out that said, if you eat dinner around the table with your kids, your kids have a better chance of not getting involved in drugs, alcohol, and bad relationships. And the guy who was reporting it said this. The first step is, and he was on a television, and he said, the first step is to turn that off. I said, that's the best news I ever heard all day. And so Cheryl and I cut it off. We said, kids, get up. We're going to the dinner table. And now we're making that concentrated effort. Now, we, we do that, but on occasion... Every, every, like, two nights a week, we eat in front of the television. We got to get around that dinner table. We got to get around that. That's going to build your family. Because listen to this. You can do nothing about Pakistan. You can't do nothing about the wrongly accused guy in Texas. You can feel bad about it. You can do nothing about uh, Congress and the, the president and the economy. You really can't do much about that. All you can do is just get all about it. Cut that thing off and then get into the word of life. Are you on a reading plan? You're reading through the scriptures daily, daily. Here's what it says in Romans 15 verse 4. For everything that was written in the past in the Bible, listen to what it says, it was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. You say, oh, I tried to read the Bible. It's just a lot of bad news. No, it's not. That's because you've read Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Those are bad news. Start in Matthew and get on a reading plan. Look, if you have the Bible app, 
I'll give you permission right now to just get into that thing right now. While, I- ignore the next few moments because you just get on that reading plan. Sign up now. It'll remind you to, to keep up with it. It'll keep your progress. And you don't have to read the Old Testament right now. Just read through the New Testament in the next 60 days. It's like two chapters a day. Anybody can do that. And I'm just concerned for the church, for the, for the American Christian household that, that consumes this culture through the television uh, in a magnanimous amount of time and, and yet neglects the, the word of God, the life, the peace, the truth, the way, the path of joy and happiness and contentment that God gave to us in these scriptures. Get into the word. It'll strengthen and build up your life. Third, last word, long, longing. The Holy Spirit comes to teach us to learn. The Holy Spirit comes to teach us to listen. And lastly, the Holy Spirit comes to long for what is yet to come, to desire that. John 16, 13, Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he, listen to this, He will tell you what is yet to come. You know, the Holy Spirit is not obsessed with the past. The Holy Spirit always points us towards the future. And this is great news for you. He comes to remind you, Waters Church and American Christians, he comes to remind you that your future is a whole heck of a lot better than your past. You say, well, you know, I'm getting older. I'm growing out, not up. I'm losing my hair. And that doesn't look good for me, Pastor. I'm not talking about this life. I'm talking about the life to come. And that the Holy Spirit is there to remind us that this life is not the end. That there is a new heavens and a new earth prepared for you. Made beautiful, the Bible says in Revelation 22. Made beautiful for you. Jesus said, I, I, in my Father's house, there are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a place for you. Did you know that? Jesus right now is preparing a place for you. He says in, in Matthew 25, 34, the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 1 Corinthians 2.9, look what it says here. It says this, as it is written, no eye has seen, no mind has conceived the wonderful things, the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. God's preparing something great for you. How do I know this? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about that. You, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll see how your aspect and your and your, your um. Uh, perspective will change when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you know this life, it might be terrible right now. It might be difficult right now. It's filled with pains. It's filled with ups and downs. It's filled with sorrows and joys. But let me tell you something. There's going to come a day where there's no more tears. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. There's no more frustration. There's just joy and peace and hope and happiness in the presence of God the Father forever. Forever. And the Holy Spirit comes to remind you this is not the end. He comes to tell you of things yet to come. Not, he's not a fortune teller, but he just comes to remind you that you've got a great future. We used to sing a church hymn, the great hymn of the church. 
And we kind of forget these words in this generation with, with our modern music, but we're going to sing it in just a moment. It's called How Great Thou Art. Great hymn of the church. I used to love the last, I still do, I love the last verse. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home. I love that. He's going to take you home. Uh, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. I've realized this. Heaven needs new PR. I said this a couple Wednesday nights ago. It bears repeating. Heaven needs better PR. You ever realize how good hell's PR is and how crappy heaven's PR is? I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about people. You get people who say, oh, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go to hell. That's where all my friends are going to go. That's where all the fun is. You know, Billy Joel. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are a heck of a lot more fun. You know who's to blame for that? We are. We should be joyful. We should be happy in Jesus. We should be expecting a great season in life now and in the life to come because God promises these things for us. And heaven needs new PR. I've, I've heard some preachers just, you know, do terrible things about heaven in the minds of, of hearers. And they've said things like this. Heaven's going to be, I've heard this, heaven's going to be an, eternal, an eternity-long church service. That's a, that sounds more like hell to me. I'm just telling you, I'm a preacher and I love church, but all right, an hour and 15 minutes, we're good. Okay? Well, let's, let's worship God in every other area. You're supposed to worship God in everything. As you eat your food, God, this is so good. Yeah, as you enjoy life, God, this is so good. Everything that is made is made for our enjoyment, it says in 1 Timothy. So everything can be an opportunity for praise and worship. And then in, in heaven, all we're going to have in heaven is everything we have here, minus sin, sickness, decay, destruction, death, and dismemberment, and old age. All those things are gone in heaven. Heaven needs new PR. We are going to have a wonderful time for eternity with our God in heaven. And I got a job for you this week. Because these are very discouraging times. And I want to challenge you to be encouraged as the worship team comes on up. Um, you're, you're a child of God. And you need to know that your, your heaven-sent counselor, the Holy Spirit, is there to encourage you. The problem is we forget these things. How many of you say, yes, that's, that's my big problem. I just, I forget. I forget about this stuff. Well, that's what Sunday morning is for. That's what these church services are for. And, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a project. While I've been preaching today, you, you've probably seen this black band has been on my wrist. We're going to give everybody who's interested one of these black bands today as you leave the service. But it comes with a job. It comes with a pro. This is a, pro this is a challenge for our church. And I'm dead serious about this. Don't take the band unless you're willing to do this today. And for the next seven days, I want you to come back with it on Sunday next week. For the next seven days, every time you have a discouraging thought about your life, or about what's not happening, or about what's going on in the world, here's the project. Every time you have a discouraging thought, you take it off, and you put it back on the other wrist. Every single time project. I told you, it's a challenge now. You've got to be serious about this. And on the band, you'll see that we have two things printed. We have waterschurch.org. That's so you don't forget who you love. Amen. But we also have this verse, Romans 8, 6. 
Here's what Romans 8, 6 says. It says, the mind of sinful man is death. That's our natural inclination, death. Negativity. But the mind controlled, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. How many of you could use some more life and peace? You take a bracelet, and every time you have a discouraging thought come to mind, for the next week, just for seven days, let's just do this as a church together. You take it off and you put it on, the other wrist. And I know, I know, depending on how the Patriots do today, you're going to be like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's going to be the case for you. All right, well, just take it off for the game. After that, put it back on. <laughs> After that, put it back on. And look, you got to remember something. You have a heaven-sent counselor in you, and he's there to encourage you. And he's there to build you up, to give you life and peace. Would you stand with me today?